Unleash Starring Renette And Your Uncle Brent The family member you never wanted to have <laughs> And yet here he is Here I am Invading your earlobes Invading your personal space Getting in your ear holes Your ear holes Your ear holes So today we're going to interview the Midnight Lounge crew. Midnight Lounge crew, yes. And they actually have our favorite drummer, Mike. Yes, Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. Oh, Mike. <laughs> oh, Michael. Stop it. Oh, Michael. I love it when you hit that tom-tom. <laughs> uh, Mike is also the drummer for Kissing Aphrodite. And a personal friend of mine, he also does... Uh, Michael's music, Michael's music. I'm gonna say it wrong. The he does his own he like YouTube. Does, thing. It's Moody Music Recording and Video. Yes, there it is. It's pretty cool. He does a really good job. He um, does. And uh, I think he does all the videos live. So. Um, yeah, I was there for one. You were time. there for, for the Midnight Lounge Crew or another band. Uh, no, I did one of his Moody's musics and recording thing. So I was the the v, the D, MC. Man, you are so well spoken today. Oh my god! I am not fine, and I'm drinking. So yeah. <laughs> we had a meeting before this, and I started drinking like halfway through. Poor Brent. <laughs> that's that, but that's really no different if you think about it. And, hey, that's my first glass of wine in two weeks. So you show the Midnight Lounge Group. Great, great guys. Great girl, good singer. She has a history of uh, operatic training. And then she's a growler. So if you like growls, she has a little bit of grit she th she throws into some of the songs. She doesn't go full on, I don't know, what would you call it? Full on death metal growl. But No, but it, it's you can hear it. You can hear the grit in her voice. And she's really talented. If you get to see the videos, I think uh, – you got Table for Two, which is a good song, and then you have Gone, which is a good song. And a Gone is a pretty good one. It has like a has a Sabbath running James Dio feel to it. That's what I got out of it anyway. The riff is like real chunky. Yeah. They're and very that, good. They're very good. They're very new. So I'm excited to see where they go. And on the 21st, about uh, I'm going to go actually get to see them play live. So I'm really psyched to. Oh my gosh. Where them. are they playing at? I don't have it in front of me, Brent. Thank you for putting me on this phone. God damn it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, and, and I'll keep sharing it. So if you follow the sound pollution podcast on Facebook or Instagram, you're going to see, uh, cause I'm going to really push it. Uh, Mike's obviously been a great supporter, but he, he just has a knack for like good bands i don't know if he's just he knows what he wants or he knows when he hears something and it's good and he's he just goes with it so i mean i love the other band he's in kissing aphrodite and i just can't wait to see what this new band does and so i'll probably go live from there i told him i would so oh so you're gonna go see him on the 21st may 21st yes and they're gonna be live that would be cool. So everyone should be reaching out to Renell or reaching out to the Sound Pollution Podcast so we can keep you updated on that. Yeah. Um, also, if you want to get a good live sound of them, their uh, YouTube website, 
has their videos up and all that was done live. So you can really yeah. hear them locking into each other. Um, the guitarist, bass player, and drummer have a really good groove together. The vocalist is good too. I don't know, but those guys together, when they lock together, they're really tight. It's really good. Yeah. The, drum, the drummer kind of just hangs back and plays some really cool parts, but the bass player is a really good bass player. He's a good walking bass player. So he'll yeah. walk up those bass lines. And then the guitarist merges like multiple genres in the songs he creates. So it's pretty exciting to listen to them. So you can get a taste of that on their YouTube page. And yeah, and um, keep an eye, keep an eye out because um, people are starting to get out more and play more. And when I see that somebody's going to play, I I, sh I share it. So if you if you follow me on Facebook, especially, um, you'll see where I share where people are going to play because I do try to keep up with that because we should be fostering a community and that is the goal. I sounded uppity. I didn't mean for that to sound uppity, folks. Um, sorry. No, I was motivated. I was incredibly motivated. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I was I almost I'm jumped so, out of my chair and did you something. You should have. You do it. Do it. My chair. I've been in this chair so long my butt would probably stick to it. <laughs> you stand up and the chair would still be attached. Have a big old butt walking around. Well, Ashley, how's it going today? Uh, it's good. It's been a good day. Busy, full of work. You know, coming down here and getting to do an interview is an awesome day, right? <laughs> well, it's it hasn't begun yet, so you don't know that. You don't want to step out there. <laughs> That's all right. I say can, that right now. It could be the worst experience of your life. I hope so. I want to see that. <laughs> the worst experience. Wait. <sighs> Give me something to talk about. Welcome to Sound Pollution. We are graced with the presence <laughs> of the Midnight Lounge crew. Um, so welcome to the show, everybody. Why don't you introduce yourselves? Oh, all right. Well, um, I'm Ashley Vega, and I am the lead singer of this Midnight Lounge Crew menagerie of sorts. And I'm happy to be here. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Thank okay. you for coming to my house and letting me drink and hang out with musicians. Absolutely. <laughs> if this was every day of my life, I'd be very excited. <laughs> Anytime. I am Joshua Catlin. I play guitar in the band. And uh, like Ashley, really excited to do this. Thank you for having us. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Hey, I have a question. I have a question. It should not count towards my five. So, <laughs> I have to put him on a limit. Why, why does everyone else in the band have a cool last name except for you, Joshua? <laughs> everyone has a cool... I was like, ooh, Moody. And I was like, Vega. And then I'm like, I can't even say that damn name. Catlett? Catlett. Yeah, I was I was afraid I'd a lot of people, you know, one time here's another funny story. One time I literally went to get a pizza at Pizza Hut and uh, they were like, what's your last name? And I was like, Catlett. And I'm like, OK, we're having ready in 15 minutes. I go down there and I'm like, uh, pick up for Catlett. They look at me and he goes, hmm, don't have a Catlett here. We have a kitty litter. Order for kitty litter. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm getting Great. trolled. I'm getting trolled at Pizza Hut now? Like, what? I mean, so I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. But and then we have Mr. Moody who's been on the show hey, before. Y'all hey, know me. <laughs> uh, the, also the drummer of Kissing Aphrodite, which I have questions about later. That's fun. And uh then he does and he, oh my god. Then he does Moody's I music. I do's I do's all the time. <laughs> Moody's music 
and recordings, we've really got to change that. Name. I know. We it, really it, have to change I haven't that. done anything with it, though, so it's just kind of we laid out. We need to fix that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should come to Texas <laughs> in yeah. October and be my sound guy. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. You could bring the band. <gasps> oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, not <laughs> what happened? Uh, she got the low battery, battery so she, she's hustling. I ain't seen her move this fast in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> not since I told her there's not a bathroom at the at the big warehouse. Oh my god! It's <laughs> <laughs> never. It's really not a pot to here. piss in. Is what happened. God, was there, was there a bush outside huh. or anything? Uh, well, there oh were, god. but it was cold. Oh, <laughs> that's rough. Yeah. Was it? Wasn't it like October, September? October? Yeah, I think it was. It, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. I mean, you make it, so I, mean, I, I do, I do, but I don't have to go like too far out, you know. <laughs> just go around the bend. <laughs> Literally, could just have a bucket for us to squat over. That'd be nice. I mean, yeah, yeah or the camping toilet yeah. thing would be cool. Get there together. Fine, <laughs> man. It's not my property. You can't, <laughs> we, we don't have anything we can just whip out. No, it's not so easy. That's for sure. So, tell me how you guys got together. Well, let's see. How do you want to start that story? Do we want to go way back, or do we want to go just? Far enough back. Far enough. Far enough back. I've been friends with with Mike for several years now. I actually met him through someone that I worked with at at UPS a long time ago. But Mike and I had played uh, jam together several times, and we talked about always putting a a group together. And uh, I have another project, uh, Banshee Child, and uh, we're kind of in the middle of, of some stuff right now, I took a little break. And we were, I was just like, man, I'm ready to do something else. And Mike's like, yeah, I, I, I could do something else too. And I was like, well, great. So I brought in a buddy of mine that plays bass, Vince Heller. I've known him since high school. We went to Trinity High School together. And uh, Ashley has been looking to uh, sing lead vocals for a group for a long time. And this was the perfect opportunity to do so. Uh, I've always wanted to uh, have a female friendly group. I've never had that. So I don't know, Mike. Like seven spe- females. Specialize you specialize in that. Yeah. Seems like every band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Ashley, when when you came in, how was yeah. the fit for you? I think I got a little bit tricked into it, <laughs> but that's a good thing. It ended up being a good thing. Um, it was just like, hey, I'm gonna give you these lyrics. Let's kind of work on a sketch of the song, and then let's try to do it. You know, with Mike. You know, Mike. He's great. And I'm like, yeah. You had another drummer in mind. (laughs) No, not at all. I had nobody in mind. I never thought it would actually happen, to be honest. So we went out there and it was like we had been together for like months and it was the the first hour. So that was really cool. And that's hard to find. It's not something that you just walk into every day. So So when did the MLC actually start? Like a year ago? Um, October, I think is like 18th, 17th. We had our first that first hour where we got that song down and we were like, huh, that that's very specific. Nice. You remember it like exactly? Like, <laughs> yes, I do. Do you remember the hour? Can you recall the hour of the day? No. <laughs> I want to say 7, 7.30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also your first time really doing like yeah. blues lead sing. Yeah, that. this is a different genre for me this time. So what other genres do you do for my listeners? Oh my, okay. So I'm a metal chick at heart. I always have been. Um, Got introduced by my mom uh, to Black Sabbath at like six. So and all kinds of great music, moody blues, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I've always gravitated towards the heavier side of music. So I came down here for that and I uh, joined a project called The Promise of Plague. And it is an extreme metal avant-garde black metal like it's I do a lot of growly stuff. 
Oh my God, she's making stuff. me so happy right now. <laughs> um, I love female fronted metal bands. Yeah. Oh my God, go ahead. I love that you love that. That's because great. it's the music industry personally, in my opinion, it's just my opinion. People disagree with me. It's still very male dominated. Oh, and very much. And so. certain genres of music like metal are even more so. And it's mm-hmm. so incredibly hard for a woman to break into that. And so every, every time I come across somebody, I'm like, fuck, yes. <laughs> and I just get happy. Oh, I, that's great. <laughs> I, I appreciate the positive response. I can say that that's not always how it goes down. No, no it's not. <laughs> They're like, what? People are like, yeah. wait, what? She, yeah. Or if you get too loud and aggressive and growly, they're like, but now she sounds like a dude. Fuck you. I yeah. sound like a metal singer. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I, that's my thing. Um, I listened to a lot of guy singers, I guess, growing yeah. up, apart from like the lovely Tori Amos, who I adore. Yeah, we had that. We had that in common. Yes. Okay. She's awesome. She is amazing. Um, so I've listened to a lot of guys. And so I kind of like honed in on that lower scale of my voice. So anything you hear on a Promise of Plague track that sounds like a guy singing is me. Um, and apart from, and I have a counterpart with that, and he does all the heavy, like growls, no mm-hmm. melodic. Um, anything. she's actually been interviewed before, and someone was like, Who is the dude singing on this? Yeah. And she's like, And I was like, That's me. a high compliment, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> hey, the uh, the thing that I was doing because I went and found all I could on y'all, and there's not enough, so y'all need to <laughs> get with it. But my question is, is you sound like you had a certain type of vibrato when you sang that I was thinking there's, it sounds like there's some classical training in there. Do you have any classical training? Yeah, you have a great ear. Um, I do actually. Um, I started out singing, I think I was four in, you know, church, like a lot of people. And I've been performing ever since. And when I was 16, I kind of talked to my mom. And I was like, I really love this. And I want to get better. And so we met with a coach and she was trained in opera and things like that. She was amazing. Pam Hartley was her name. Um, She was wonderful. Um, So, yeah, she kind of guided me. I think it's called bel canto, the type of singing that I learned with her. And that really gave me a strong foundation that I would not have had without her. So big credit. um, Huge for me. No, you have a lot of power. And I, and I couldn't tell at first when I was listening, I was like, okay, she has a good voice. I'm thinking maybe heart. And then all of a sudden you hit this note. It wasn't, it was kind of just a mid range in your set right in the middle of your vocal range. Yeah. And I was like, but there's that vibrato. So that's, that's, that's why I heard it. And the way you controlled the vibrato, because, you know, depending on what, what type, how you're trained to be a singer, yeah. will impact your vibrato and so i was like that's a that's a classical trained yeah vocal. oh thanks i really appreciate that um it means a lot i sing try to sing every day um you know i i, I love music when i'm done with nine to five i am in my dream land of music and that is what i want to do you know and that if you have a passion for something that's what you need to do i feel like well, let's talk about one of your songs. Let's talk about <laughs> Table 4-2. What's that song about? How'd that come to be? You know, it's a, this is actually kind of a funny story. I was uh, I was sitting by myself one night. I'd just gotten into a fight with her, actually. <laughs> and uh, I was... It's, much, it's, it's yeah. kind of the stereotypical song when I was sitting around and thinking about it. You know, guys missing girl, 
and it was it, the chords came to me immediately. It's a simple four chord song, and the lyrics just felt really genuine and heartfelt. And I think it's something people can identify with. And you know, it's pretty much just a story about what I was feeling when I was down in the dumps with Ashley. So yeah, I, I think I feel like we draw our lyrics from our personal everyday yeah. experiences. It's just a way to like digest it, and then instead of taking it in and being negative, you create something with that energy. And like, well, you know, if you're Fleetwood Mac, that's how you stab the one you're on stage with. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. But you know, how great was their music, no matter what? You know, that's be I think that's why because they were all having sex with each other, and so they'd get angry and pissed at each <laughs> other. Doing wrong? Is that what I'm doing wrong? No. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. it's, it's you might be onto something. Like I felt like the music brings us closer and then sometimes when we get frustrated working on a song it can just drive you apart and be like nah you know yeah. at the same time so it's just and then when we bring it together to you uh -huh. and to i just did things that's all i do it's great i just did things. <laughs> I just did things. <laughs> in rhythm sometimes <laughs> oh man no it, it just adds a whole other dimension yeah. it's just a, it's cool to see the growth of it and quit being so fucking humble. Yeah, seriously. You're a really good drummer. Yes. No, I show sure I'm a drummer. I'm a drummer yeah. who's not on drugs and shows up. That's and I have a practice space. So I am the white unicorn in Louisville. Really? So that, that's, that's true. Oh, that is really good <laughs> true. to have. I'm not gonna say anything about drummers just yeah. because yeah. some people get their butt hurt when I talk about drummers. Oh, it's online. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hey, so I have a question about table four two. I was listening to it. I love the first guitar riff. And I was like, okay, he has some cool effects on here. And I was like, this kind of has a Smashing Pumpkins kind of feel. It has like a real 90s feel. And I was like, and so I got on the internet and I was like, okay, Smashing Pumpkins, let's try today. Your part is a lot higher, <laughs> but y'all have the same, almost the same effect going on. So that was really cool. So what what um what made you choose that effect get to talk about guitars oh, yeah. and amps <laughs> you know when i originally wrote the song the first time i ever played it on an electric guitar was with with with, with them you know actually funny story so when i'm playing it acoustically uh i envisioned it a little bit differently and it's funny too because i was just about to say a minute ago when you write a song sometimes and then you uh the way you play it by yourself you hear it one way the way you hear it in your head is one way and when uh, you play with a group, it can take on a completely different life of its own and come out completely different. But I plugged in, the, the first time I played it on electric guitar was with you guys. So what you were hearing right there, I just kind of ran with it. I, uh, that Fender Supersonic has a cool little reverb uh, effect on it. It's the spring reverb. I turned that up just to hear more on that song. And it gives it that little kind of a reverby, chorusy kind of effect that you hear. So you play a tweed? Fender Tweed Supersonic. The one I'm playing on now is the Supersonic, is what I'm using and what got that effect. But on that Tweed that I used in that video, it was a different amp. So I knew it was a Tweed. Yeah. I was trying to zoom yeah, in on the yeah. video and that, I was like, the Fender DeVille. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those are hot, man. Those are good amps. I like I those. I always dread when I bring that one over because I'm like, oh, she's loud. Too loud. It I'm, is. It's not that it loud. Is. You all hang out with a bunch of metal bands all the time and they play full stacks in these small little tiny clubs this amp is not that loud and they're like it's loud and i'm like no it's not that's actually yeah. 
You have a point there, but I will say when I'm doing metal, I'm growling and screaming. So I am like 10 You're times louder, louder too, right. than what I would be. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I think it pushes sound differently than a stack because it's a smaller amp. So it has to move air differently. And so, yeah. so it pushes it out really far. Yes. <laughs> see, 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 yeah. and it has a nice a million times. Like, mm, 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 no, no. Concept in a way, you know? and, and it has a nice bluesy sound to it, too. Um, so you can use it for a bunch of different things. But you're right. If you're trying to be quiet, even when I play it in my band with it, I keep it around three or four because it would play so fucking loud. do a vocal vocal fry into your falsetto yes that's badass <laughs> i heard that and i was like holy shit that's good and then you then you get on here and you're like 
yeah, I do death metal and I do. <laughs> I'm like, that's that's why she could do that. Because there are a lot of people that have the grit, but then when they try to go from the fry and go up, their voice cracks because they don't have a mid-range, strong mid-range. You have a good mid-range that pushes you from your chest to your upper voice. So anyway, good on you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I really screwed up my voice the first time I recorded any kind of like really extreme music and I lost a lot of my mid-range. So I had to fix that, learn how to do things correctly because there is a proper way to scream and growl um, and work on it, you know, and you can get it back, but you got to take care of, I can't tune these strings. (laughs) So, you know, it's just. I like the bass player. His line on that, too, I thought he did a really good job. He's a great walking bass player because both songs had some really good walking bass lines. And then I have one more thing to say. Is 502 the area code? Yes. Yes, Yes. it is. Okay, because I was like, what the fuck is 502? (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your bass player since he's not really here to speak for himself. Vince, you know what? We went to high school together, like I mentioned, but we weren't really that close in high school. I didn't actually hook up with him until about four years after high school. Uh, I got a a message from a buddy of mine from high school, Andrew, and he was like, "Uh, we're just just jamming. Uh, I'm putting this little group together. It's nothing serious, but can you come over? We need a guitar player. And I was like, "Okay, cool. So. Then I saw Vince was there and I was like, oh, hey, man, I vaguely remember you from high school. And we got to talking and we jammed and it was cool. It was a little it was actually it was actually called Blue Horizon. And this was the, the hoodie from the group as <laughs> the name of our group. Uh, we didn't really we, we stayed together about a year and we had a couple gigs, nothing major. But that that fell apart. But I kept playing with Vince because he had just actually started playing bass about four or five months before we even did that. And he was a quick learner. Uh he just, he's became, he's my favorite bass player in Louisville. And that's where it all started. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just crazy. I couldn't believe it. You know, he picked it up really quickly. He was really, uh, he likes Nirvana, like the Beatles. And he started learning all of their music first, I imagine. I think that's what he said. And uh, just clicked ever since then. He's became my, uh, one of my go-to buddies. We always go out and have beers and hang out and played a lot of music. He was one of the few people that, Felt like I could count on. Felt like I got these songs. You want to come over? You want to work on these? Oh yeah, sure, man. And you know, we we made a friendship out of that, and it just developed really quickly. But he's he's my right hand man. So and he's just he's, he's an amazing bass player. He's Takes on he's in several different things now. So I'm really happy for him. He's in like eight yeah. minutes. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's he's really good because when he was playing some of the stuff I heard, he would follow you when you do a riff. Sometimes mm-hmm. didn't he didn't always do it, but where it sounded cool. And I, I think uh, even uh, Michael would help out on that section where y'all kind of just do the riff together. Mm-hmm. It was normally at the end of a line or something where y'all do something together. But the stuff you were doing was cool. And then him doing it with you kind of took him up. You know, it was a step out of the walking bass line into something a little more progressive, I would say. Yeah, we've developed a style playing together for so long. He can weave in and out. He can follow you. He can kind of do his own thing and then just come and jump right back in. He's just, he's a hell of a bass player. He's a really good dude. So you said that he, he would be, you know, you think influenced by like the Beatles and Nirvana who influenced you guys? 
Hmm, that's a big question. I don't know. I think for me, first and foremost, like that metal aspect would be Black Sabbath. Then from there, like the progressive aspect and psychedelic would be Moody Blues because they were all around phenomenal musicians. Still are. Justin can sing like the an archangel. Still can. He's, I don't even know, 80. Um, so, yeah, I think those two. And then Tori Amos, of course, later on. Another yeah, yeah. just somebody that's so unique. And that's what I really like. Uh, you know, growing up, I always had, there was a lot of music in the house. My dad had, he always had music playing. So I grew up on a lot of classic rock and a lot of blues. Um, ACDC, Ted Nugent, ZZ Top would be among like my favorite like classic rockers. But as far as blues guys, uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, Joe Bonamassa, mm-hmm. you know, some of the more modern guys I, I really get into, Eric Gales, Walter Trout, but I've always found a way when I'm writing, it seems like it's a nice little uh, smorgasbord, a little buffet of taking this and that from everything I listen to, you know, so, but classic rock, anything like that. What about you, Mike? What about you, Mike? Uh- I grew up a huge Rush and Yes fan, but uh, honestly, like my playing always, my, my parents were big uh, Cream fans. So Ginger Baker has been like a god to me for years and years. And, you know, it's funny, I like I never noticed it because, you know, as much as I wanted to play like Neil or, you know, some progressive animal, it just always went back to, you know, some of the Ginger Baker stuff and, and the way he rides the toms and the, you know, so he, he's, you know, like I say, Dead and gone, but still one of my all-time favorites. And and I'm everything he did, not just Cream, but Ginger Baker's Air Force and you know all the other ones. So yeah, he was really good. I mean, you say he's not progressive, but if you think about what he did, because this was the 60s, and Cream wouldn't have been as good as they were without him. They would have sucked. I mean, okay, they wouldn't have sucked. (laughs) But but that dude, had he not been, I don't know. violent and crazy <laughs> he yeah. would have been my favorite my favorite story and this is a little local thing there's a guy he was a, sort of a big time drummer he runs a forum groups here and uh he got invited to a anniversary thing for, for pisces symbols and he was there and there were all these famous drummers there in and out and he was like you know he was like man i'm just digging oh my god this is this person that he looked over he said who's the old man sitting there at the table alone and he says ginger baker he said why the fuck is he by himself? Oh my God. You know? And he said in unison, all these famous drummers said, cause he's an asshole. <laughs> and then they come out with that documentary about ginger beware. Mr. Baker's like, yeah, he's an asshole. Well, he, he actually tried to beat up the guy yeah, the making the, the show. Yeah. He, he <laughs> was, a, but he was so good. I mean, the way he'd ride the toms and stuff, like, especially on the cream stuff, he yeah. was, God, he was badass. I mean, and I just listened to Cream. I never really, I don't really think about drums very much other than the fact that they're late sometimes, which is weird <laughs> because cause they're the timekeepers of the band. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Man. Issues yeah, right. with drummers. Who was the first person? <laughs> I can understand. Yeah, that, that, was my, that was mine. He was the first one here. I've been hurt before. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but but he, I, he's a, if you're going to have an influence, you know, he should be one of them because the shit he did and he wouldn't just, I mean, he took a whole drum corps out and that's what they would do. Play drums. That's just awesome. I love it myself. So <laughs> I think the drummer makes the band. I think if you have a good drummer, it doesn't matter really 
who else is in. I mean, it matters, but the, if you have a guy that is just pounding the shit out of the drums and is tasteful and is smart about what he does, that's going to get you somewhere. Because the drummer makes people want to dance. They make them want to fuck. They make them want to talk. They make them want to... <laughs> They just really cause a lot of emotion for other people. For me, it's guitar. It makes me want to do all that stuff. But anyway, go ahead. So let's talk about the second song. Let's talk about Gone. Okay. Okay. What do you want to say about that one? Um, so, so yeah, he wrote, just to be clear, I guess we should say, he wrote both of the lyrics for the first two that we released. Right, yes. So, yes. So I suppose you should talk about. Now what's the story? What's the story with um, that? Like? You weren't pissed at Ashley again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Whenever I sit down to 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 write lyrics, I always like to tell a story, you know. And these just kind of came together and they just flew right onto the page. I really don't have a story per se about the lyrics for this one, but uh, I wanted to write a shuffle. I wanted to, I wanted a Texas shuffle kind of kind of feel for this. And that's where the music kind of came for that, especially that verse. But uh, there's really not a whole lot to it. What do, what do you think about Baby I'm Gone? What do I think about it? See, I, I always approach it, if I don't write the lyrics, I approach it like, what does this inspire inside of me? You know, where, what's my inspiration for this? What kind of emotion do I want to lend to it? And for that one, it was just like, I don't know. I just felt like it was a... You know, I've got an attitude in that video and I like it. Like, and I'm telling him, I kind of tell everybody off, I feel like in that video. <laughs> but I like it. I like it as a strong, like female. I'm gone. I'm doing it on my own. I'm not going to worry about whatever you're doing because there's going to be hell to pay. We all know that. <laughs> no, at the end, you're like going, now get the hell out of my house. <laughs> yes, yes. That's like my favorite line in that song. <laughs> I was like, get the hell out of my house. I was like, oh, damn. Well, yeah, I like to have fun. I wanted something at the end of that that was kind of powerful and witty and something that people would remember. And that's when I was just like, say, get the hell out of my house. I actually thought, so, I've said that a few times. <laughs> I have to. Like that, actually. Yes. Just like, get the hell. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord's the <laughs> I like that. So when I first heard that song, I was like, okay, it has a cool, and I was like, it's blues, but it's not blues. It's kind of a dirty blues, right? kind of like a naughty blues kind of. <laughs> and then I was like listening to it, and, but the riff also has a Black Sabbath Dio feel. Like, like uh, whenever Black Sabbath and Dio first got to Together and then Dio's first album, like with Vivian Campbell and stuff like that. Oh yeah, that riff had that stuff in there, and it was probably more your distortion than what you were playing because you were playing pretty close to standard blues stuff. Right, but but it was your comes out heavier sometimes. I don't know. I'll be like, okay, this is gonna be a blues song, and then I'll do it, and it's bluesy, but then it comes out a little bit heavier, a little more. Yeah, well, it was aggressive. It had to be kind of sassy, like what she was saying. And so I thought that was a cool mix where you have this dirty blues sound because you have the drummer and bass player just staying close to home. And then you're playing this distortion. That's a black Sabbath Dio mix was really cool. And I love the guitar solo on that. So thank you for giving me a good guitar solo. And the thing that I think the thing I liked the most about it was the cool breakdown with the bass and the drums. 
and then she starts singing over it after they break down. That was nice. How did you come up with that? Well, I was, it, it kind of comes down to, I wanted to do something different than what I'd done before. And my other group, Banshee Child, I always have, uh, we're pretty much, what you hear is what you get. Every song is balls of the wall all the time. And I was sitting here thinking when I'm doing stuff for this, I'm like, what, what can I do that I haven't done before? How can I make this different? So we'd gone through the first verse, the second verse, the chorus or whatever. And I was like, you know what? This needs something. Bring it down a little bit. And then when it comes back in, you'll kick their ass even harder. Yes. So I was like, what if we do this third little verse where it's just the bass line, Ashley's kind of singing in the pocket, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden you smack them again in the chorus, comes back in, you know, full effect. I thought it would be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dynamics. I thought yes. it would be very dynamic. So that's how that came to be. Yeah, it works. He And the, the bass player and drummer did a real good job of not, it's like, oh, here's our part to shine. And they didn't get too excited that they kind of blew it, you know. They just stayed <laughs> right there. You know, they, they knew guitar's God. You know, <laughs> and they were able to stay in their place. And so I love that. And, I, th you know, Michael, I think he did a really good job on that part, too, because without you, the bass player couldn't have done that because you were adding, like, some cool rhythms to it. And I think on the video, at some point, y'all, everyone but the vocalist, everyone but Ashley turns around and looks at you, and y'all are just kind of locking in and jamming together. And I I, I think it was just with the record, the studio track, but when y'all were playing, I could tell y'all were like locking in and you were getting tight. Well, real so quick, I, and this is cool. I don't think we've, we've discussed this, but uh, both, both the songs, both the videos were alive there that day. The only thing wow. we overdubbed were the vocals. We, we redid the vocals. So we didn't have the drum bleed on it. Uh, we're working on recording different, you know, different songs now. We've got mm -hmm. nine or ten, uh, and and we're doing, you know, we're layer, we're late, yeah, we're layering everything, you know, the proper studio way. But uh, those videos were kind of meant to be a little raw and all that. But yeah, they were they were all in that garage that day. The only thing they ever really got uh, layered was the vocals over top of it. Yeah, no, nah, y'all guys did a good job then because I could, because I couldn't tell. I thought it was a studio recording. Well, that, that, that's a ghetto studio. That uh... <laughs> I, told well, I mean, after, I told him after he did it, I was like, Mike, these are some of the best like live recordings I've, mm -hmm. I've heard. You did a really good job with this. And it's like, ah, you know? sure. yeah. no, it was good. It was a good job because I was fooled because I do like little live things, like little acoustic things and stuff. And that shit's hard because I get nervous in the middle of it. The record button comes on. I forget my own song. You'd, you'd be surprised <laughs> you know? how many people do that. Red light I mean, syndrome. It's, it's, uh... yeah. Somebody's going to post it over the light. Don't yeah. tell me. Just let me. I have to stop. Go change my pants. Yeah, yeah, a little red yeah. button syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but that is just a cool song. And if anyone wonders, it's at 149 where there's a breakdown. So anyway, it's for everyone else, not for y'all. Y'all guys haven't memorized. Y'all know exactly where it's at. But I do that for those people that want to go to the song and go, what the hell was this dumbass talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I like the video too. Y'all look like y'all were having fun. So I like that. We had a great day. It was like 16 degrees outside. Oh, yeah. No, I chose to wear what I wore. <laughs> um, the, the big controversy yeah. for the day was, Ashley actually took a photo of her sitting on the amp and, oh, and yeah. he had a heart attack. Yes, so he did. No, he I didn't go. actually. I just, I just, I kept it to myself. I did a great job. I could have had a heart attack. I, I was sitting there and I'm like, 
you know how guitarists are with their gear and you're like, she just comes over and she didn't, she didn't even, she didn't even ask. She just, she didn't even ask. She just took it. I'm sitting the whole time. She's sitting on it and I'm just kind of like, you know, but he sits on his when he plays though. Well, it's mine. It's his. Like, you know what? You know, at least she wasn't gyrating, dude. That's true. I could have hold. I she could have been gyrating. <laughs> and, and to be honest, I didn't make a big deal of it. I just shot a look. And Mike my, my was like, I already know what that looks yeah. about. I but, was very careful. Yeah. I know that it's but, important. It turned out to be a good picture. I can't complain about it that. Did. Everyone yeah. Likes it. yeah, it's cool. I like that one. Yeah. And y'all have a cool look, too. Because y'all don't all look like oh, you're in a family. You're going to Walmart to take a picture and... You know, you know, kind of like the Chili Peppers did. They they did that one album cover and each person was a different person in the family. But Ashley, you look really good and you need to look good. The guys aren't as pretty as you. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're just sitting there in our shirts and our jeans and Ashley comes in like a movie star. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, we do not look cohesive at all. She looks I wonderful always... and we just look like, hey, you want to get a drink at the bar? Yeah. I just said to everybody, they were like, what do we wear? And I'm like, you know, just wear what makes you feel good and looks good on you, you know? And like, yeah. Well, with that said, I've, I've always said, hey, I've been a Grateful Dead fan my whole life. I just really don't give a shit. I'm going to show up. Yeah. I wore flannel since 92. So yeah, do it. That's authentic <laughs> to you, you know? And that's, I think that's what I love so much about our group and our dynamics is everybody brings their own authentic self you know, and there's no like pressure to be conformed to, oh, you got to be metal or, oh, you got to be, oh, this country band or, you know, there's no expectation. And it just the creativity that flows is amazing to me. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing these other songs that Mike was talking about that y'all are working on, because just in those two songs, Baby, I'm Gone and Table 42, you kind of get a look at you know, you have the vocal fry into that falsetto, which is metal. And then you have that smashing pumpkins guitar sound. And then you go to Baby, I'm Gone, and you're sticking really close to that dirty blues kind of thing with the Sabbath feel. So y'all's people are going to lose their minds as far as trying to classify your music. You're, you're definitely rock, but, but you jump into all these different areas and sometimes in the same song you're like jumping into different areas. So I think that's really cool. And actually having your vocal style is that's going to really add a different flavor to it. Cause you don't hear a lot of blues bands with metal singers in them. Right. It's, it's a great experiment. Yeah, we're that's we're doing like. this new song. We, we got two songs that are really, one's almost the outlaw country kind of giant cash song, but there's another one we just came up with the other day and Ashley singing real low, like she was talking about, you know, almost. And I was like, yeah. it's real bluesy. I was like, you ought to put a growl in it. Just, just to, just to fucking, you know, <laughs> screw everybody up. Right. Yeah. When you put a bunch of different people in a melting pot, uh, you know, Josh's old band was so blues heavy. You know, I come from a rock improv jazz you know, jam band kind of thing. And and, her, and you just you, you have a concept of what it's going to be like. And I remember when we started this project, 
uh, Josh would send me the, these demos, like what they did with the drum machine. I was like, you can't always write like that. Sometimes it's just best for us all to get together. Mm-hmm. And when we all got together, it was way different than what was programmed. And, and that's that's been my experience time and time again with music is you get different people and you get different results. And uh, and that's the beauty of it. You know, you can't you can't just think it's going to happen. It, it happens. Yeah. yeah, that's the cool thing about music, because if you think about it, you know, each of y'all have like 50 different influences inside of you. And depending on what, you know, Mike, you bring to it, it's going to cause it's going to peak a different right. part of his musical personality. And that's going to surface because it doesn't always surface at the same time. having a blast doing all of it too it's just like the end of the week like thank god well, see, there's I, joy I, I, get these, <laughs> right. I get these phone calls usually we, we practice on friday nights and you know my wife would be like it's 11 o'clock you've been there since like seven are, are you coming home i'm like 
I'm hanging out with my best friends. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm literally, you know, and, and it's it's my high point of my my whole week. So, yeah. uh, and that's nice. I mean, I've been in bands where it's so business like. I like people in the band, but you know, you show up and you put your influence, you put your spin on things, and you go home. All of us, the, the four of us, can sit around and talk for hours, and, yeah. and it, it's a nice. You don't always have that. And, and, no, and you guys are very lucky in that respect. Yes. Because- yeah. Mike. That was so sweet. I got a little moist when you were talking about that. <laughs> moist. Okay, Brent, you haven't spent your five questions. Whatever. I, I have one more. Go ahead. Okay. I love the logo. <laughs> Mike, are those your lips? And who created the logo? They're not my lips, no. Are you sure? I thought they were. <laughs> now, who created the logo? Um, that was actually some like old drawings that I, that I found and just uploaded. And I was like, these are kind of cool. And I was messing with uh, different text, you know, that you can, you can find on like, I forget which program I use, but it was just generic text. And I put it on there and I tried it several different ways. And I remember uh, on the group chat, I sent them like four or five different versions of the same kind of thing. And I'm like, which one do you like? Do you like the <laughs> sideways tilted uh, text or do you like it straight across and then do you like these lips do you like these lips and they're just like like this one i like this one because i remember i had one that had a cigarette one that didn't text like on different parts of the lips or not on the lips and, and actually actually came up with the name you 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 came up with the name i so. yeah i guess i i did i just set up one night and i was like hmm why do i, I it was after the first rehearsal and i was like what do i feel about this situation <laughs> And I'm like, hmm, all right, Midnight Lounge crew, you know, we're, we're like hanging out in the Midnight Lounge doing what we want to do. It's a laid back time, but the music isn't laid back. <laughs> yeah, no, I really like the logo. And that was probably one of the last things I came across. So I would say y'all guys put that out there because with the cigarette, it's badass. <laughs> you know, and I liked that too, actually, but Facebook did not like that. So they flagged us for it, uh, for something about. They said we were promoting tobacco yeah. use or something like that. And they wouldn't let us like promote the page or something. Yeah. Yeah. So then what I did, I kind of just really tilted it to where the right. cigarette wasn't showing. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks, man. That sucks. I love it. I want to put it on things. I want to wear it. It'll be a cool sticker, too. Oh, yeah. It'll be fun. I love stuff um, like that. All right. That's my fifth. I hope you're happy. No, I'm, Do you have I want more. to refund. Are you dying? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> All right. Alcohol. Round two. He's so hard to contain. Joshua, how many shirts do you actually have? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's a good question. And are they all concert shirts? Yeah. I've never actually counted them all, but I have shirts for days. Like seriously, he's got a really great collection of Beale street shirts. I mean, like all kinds of festivals. Um, I got him the GNR one. I've got like all my drawers, like, you know, they're, they're all full of shirts and I have some like in the basement with more shirts. And then I'm just like, I don't know. I could literally, I, I think I could go a whole year without, with a different shirt every, so I've probably got at least 365. at least, yeah. <laughs> but you, but you have your favorites, you know, that you just have to keep out ready I to go. I have a few vacation shirts from Bill Street that I really like, and then I have a few uh, concert shirts that I really like. I ha- I saw Social Distortion at Bogarts one time, and I have a Social D shirt. I really, I'm attached to that <laughs> one. Yeah. 
And then I've got some old ratty shirts that I've worked in for years, but I just love them. And there's holes in them everywhere. And everyone's just like, why don't you throw those away? And I'm like, no, I can't throw them away. But, but like, it's literally falling apart. Like your shoulders, like, and then you have holes. Like, oh, I'm just like, I'm keeping it until I can't. It's falling so, apart just like you like I'll it. probably cut them up and use them for rags when I'm washing down cars yeah. or doing the armor or stuff. Like well, that. well, it's a part of your history. That's why you keep that stuff. Like mm-hmm. I have a, I like, I like really love guitarist and so you know at one point in time i had like this awesome aussie shirt that had all of his tattoos on it and stuff and then i have i have a right now i have this nuno betancourt shirt which he's he's like half zombie and playing and i love that so yeah but they're like a part of if you're a guitarist they're like part of your dna and they like they mark the years for you right i mean they do for me anyway oh i remember this show you know, but anyway. So I have a question. <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> so, what is it like being in a band together, followed by have you guys ever been in a band together before as um, a couple? We uh, we had an acoustic thing that we were doing that didn't really get off the ground very mm-hmm. much that we were doing cover songs and stuff like that but that wouldn't even count that we only no, had a no, couple of practices I wouldn't count like that, that either yeah but like I was like I was saying earlier sometimes when we're working on music it's one of the you know it's something that can really bring two people together when it's really going good and you're like oh we can do this we can do that and this thing like, yeah that's great I love that you know you'll sit there you have a beer and you put a song together and it's really nice but then by the opposite spectrum <laughs> if we're having you know a songwriting session and things are not going good Oh, it is not good. But I think I think for the most part, though, that it's actually helped our relationship I in more ways than it's actually. Yeah, so, actually. So yeah. Did you communication music or because of music? Yes, okay. I, that's a good story, too. Um, <laughs> so I uh, was coming into an audition for a band and uh, showed up and met everybody and he was there and he was also kind of auditioning uh for the guitar spot and we did that and you know it fell flat which is fine you both <laughs> but did, we met each other one of, neither one of y'all got the job no we did not i got <laughs> it wasn't really uh, the way i understood it though it wasn't really for like a band it was for like a special recording project yeah where he had different really people know. on every track but then that never came out anyway so technically nobody got the job yeah so if you want to be technical yeah nobody got the job I, but, i've never heard his story so I oh yeah so uh and then he just messaged me and hey are we gonna do that because we were supposed to like do a video for this and he was like are we supposed to, are we still doing that because they said that he lost power in the bar and i'm like mm, uh, i think that's our signal <laughs> So then he asked me out. Of course, he asked me to his Battle of the Bands show. I'd never seen his band play. Yeah, Banshee Shaw um, was playing at the tap room at the tap in the room Highlands. Yeah, and, and I invited her to come see it. And she goes, okay, cool, maybe I'll come. And I'm just like, what does that mean? Maybe that means no. Okay, I was like, all right, well, whatever. So then uh, I literally, we were about ready to play. I think it was like five minutes before mm-hmm. we played. I saw her walk through the door, oh, and I was okay. just like, oh, she actually came. Yes. So, yeah. Yes, okay. I didn't know. And we hung out until about 4.30. Four of the things fall through. <laughs> I did. It was a Wednesday. Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you can't bust your friends fall through. Yeah. yeah, you got to. Seriously. But I mean, and that's kind of how it evolved from there. And that's how we found each other. So yeah, I'm glad. So this, as working 
on in a band like this and something you guys have wanted to do as a couple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because- she's had several like mm-hmm. bands that she's been in and I've had, I've had Banshee and then a couple of other little things. And uh, we'd always talked about if the stars lined up, why couldn't we do something? We're like, yeah, yeah, we should do that. And then it wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. And then finally I was like, this is stupid. If we want to do something, why don't we just do it? Yeah, just and then, you know, so. And I have to say something about him is the way he writes is a vocalist dream. Like seriously, there's so much that I can sink into as a vocalist and you don't find that with everybody. Sometimes it is an absolute challenge to get there, find the verse, find your melody, hear the harmonies. But with him, it's just like he does something and I'm like, I hear it instantly. And that's really cool. And I can't say that I've ever had that with anybody else so far. (laughs) I appreciate that. But, you know, at the same time, I've always found, you know, the keep it simple, stupid method is Mm -hmm. what works best. So if I have a catchy guitar part and a catchy melody, you don't need to overcomplicate anything like that. You can leave room for the people that are in your band or the people you want on the song to bring their own personality and bring their flair into it. You don't need to overcomplicate something and be like, do this and then come out of this and repeat that. It's just less is actually more, I think, you know. But I come from, you know, the ACDC method. So (laughs) you got a riff, you got a vocal melody, there you go. You know what you're getting. It's something dependable you can count on, you know? (laughs) Yes. So when we can't count on other things, we can count on music. And that's good. Right when we were starting to do this was when we were talking about putting something together. It was right when the pandemic hit. Yeah. And so we were just like, well, now what do we do? And we had all that time and you're just sitting there and you're just kind of like, this is a little depressing, you know? <laughs> but yeah, we missed sitting at the table for two by ourselves. <laughs> yeah, really. Literally. Yeah. Like, I love you, but I'm so fucking sick of your face. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go do something creative. Yeah. Yeah. For real. I never stop being creative. Do y'all have that problem? Like, like I'm always. There's always something, oh, I need to work on this song. Or I hear my daughter say something. And I'm like, That's pretty funny. That needs to make it into a song. <laughs> or, or, you know, it's just, oh, I need to work on this video. Oh, I need to I need to call this person about this. Oh, this guy would be fun to write with, stuff like that. Are you all always doing that? Absolutely. Yes. I feel like sometimes when I'm at work, I'm working on songs in my head while I'm doing something to help move the day by or make it a little more enjoyable while you're doing something not so enjoyable, mm-hmm. you know. And I always have uh, what I tell Ashley that I call Mozart syndrome, where I'm always hearing things and I have to go get them out. You know, it's something that's always going on in your head and you have to get it out. And even though when you get it out, sometimes it's not exactly how you envision it, but it, no, that's cool. I can work with this, you know. So I do feel like I always have something going on and I'm trying to, you know, get out. What it drives you crazy when you can't get it out. Like yeah. you're just someplace where you just can't. You grab your phone real quick and put it into your phone. Yes. Thank goodness for that. Sometimes you don't have a pen or paper. You won't remember the melody or the line that you said or heard. Yeah. For me, it's it's usually starts with a one liner. And it's usually something really sarcastic that I would say in the heat of a moment, but I never quite get to, you know, and you're like, dang, I wish I would have said that. (laughs) <laughs> she's got things on her phone for like yeah. catchy titles and stuff that she saves on her phone and like oh i gotta i gotta remember this and then we'll be we'll be laying down at night and then she'll be like look at this you remember this title right here it'll be something really silly and i'm just like oh my god yeah yeah but she does it with like 
jokes too, like yeah. funny jokes. She wants to remember. She'll write them down on her phone or <laughs> song titles and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. It's if my brain tells like comes up with something amusing i'm like oh my god that's hilarious i don't know if anybody else will think so but <laughs> i'll use that me. later i like screenshots oh, yes. like, they're all in my gallery and I'm she like, yes, screenshots oh, everything yeah, everything yeah, you remember this i have it right it here you said like, this and i'm like just something that like oh that's really cool I, I, it's really inspiring i like that or, oh you're you know. so cool and inspiring i like i i go for the sarcasm like today i reposted you know Spice up your panic attack with harmonica. <laughs> I love that too. I love that too. Yes. You gotta That's have funny. You gotta have them. Where can people find you guys? You can just find us on Facebook right yeah. now. Yeah, Facebook.com slash uh, Midnight Lounge Crew. Yeah. Okay, awesome. We have the nine songs and we're we're going to start recording. And this yeah. is, you know, so it's all as soon as we get them, we're not waiting for an album. As soon as we get one done, we're firing it mm-hmm. off. So you guys have you guys been looking for a place to play yeah we we do have an opening like get our toes wet gig coming up um what day is that the 21st where's it at it's called okay it's uh called the spring fling music festival it's at ranchero farms it's in shelbyville kentucky we play at nine o'clock nine nine thirty at night yeah oh i thought it was in the daytime no no we we got we got later whoa okay that's nice so that's that's kind of good that's good that's a good spot man Uh, all right for you you can get up there and go i'd like to thank all the bands that opened up for us today that's right our first gig is a headliner (laughs) i'm gonna go i would love it if you would go if you can i'm gonna go and then i'm gonna call you i'm gonna like video call brent (laughs) And be like, I'm at their show. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? My response will be, I'll be, well, I'm at home watching their video and I'm pretending they're nude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be a sight? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He has that tweed. That's pretty sexy. Those, those finger you know, tweeds are pretty sexy. Naked, though. Uh, you sit out with pants on. What is wrong right, with you? What the fuck is wrong with you? God damn. It's tweed, man. It's tweed. <laughs> I've got nothing. You know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I got a question. How many bands are you officially in that oh. you record for and everything else? Okay. So, uh, wait, this is a fun rundown. <laughs> all right. Um, so, uh, The Promise of Plague. That's the extreme avant-garde black metal. Uh, and then I do a Southern rock band called Runaway Souls. I'm a harmony singer for that. And then I also work with uh, different projects like uh, Locust Tide, where I do some guest vocals, lead vocals for that. Probably haven't seen it yet, so hopefully it'll come out. Um, then I also sing for a burlesque troupe um, called The Vixens, the Vava Vixens, and that's a lot of fun. Um, love that uh let's see so oh and then we do a tribute band with the same group that i do runaway souls with for the black crows where i also yeah. do harmony singer stuff so that's the main ones plus <laughs> our gig and plus so- us and like us is taking the focus because i can't wait we're awesome but- yeah exactly <laughs> well you guys have a really good vibe and that like you said it is hard yeah. to come by it is, it is so very hard. hard to come by Yes. So I don't know if some of that's just because you all have known each other forever or because you're also dating and you've known each other forever yeah, or what, but it's working because that's, I mean, if you're like nine more songs ready Mm -hmm. and it's only been since October. No, y'all have a good sound and y'all have a good look. And to see the thing is, is you're going to appeal to people in Mike's age range who are getting rid of their kids, 
or their wives or something like that. So you'll, y'all are going to hit that part where people have money. The kids don't have money, but people Mike's age, you know, they have social security, That's you know, true. stuff like that. That's right. I, I mean, can't see Mike's face. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we have a little bit of something for everybody. Like if they're like, play metal, I've got one for them. <laughs> what advice would you give somebody who wanted to be a musician? Who was just deciding they, they wanted to dive in. What would you tell them? The first step is the hardest, but take it. And if that means joining a choir, do it. If that means going to karaoke one night, do it. Um, if somebody wants you to come and sing with them while they play piano, do it. It doesn't matter what it is. As long as you vet the person and you know, do your due diligence, of course. If you're scared and it's something you love, do it. Because if you never do it, you're never going to know whether you fail or succeed. And you know, nine times out of 10, you're going to get a lot farther than you ever would imagine. And that's been the case for me and work, put the work in. It's not going to come to you out of thin air. You need to practice. I know people that don't, that's fine, but you need to practice. Um, if, if you don't know your lyrics, memorize them because the performance is after you memorize the lyrics. That's where you connect with your audience and you give it the appropriate emotional value that you want to convey. So that's my two cents. <laughs> Would you tell like a young guitarist? I think the best thing I could say is to be true to yourself and don't let someone tell you what to do if you're not feeling it. I can't tell you how many times I see people doing something just for the paycheck or they're just their heart's not into it and they don't love it. Don't do something just because someone's telling you, you know, this is the right thing. You have to do that. I say be true to yourself. Make the music you want to make and stick with your own convictions. And I think that's the best way you can go about it. Just follow your heart and do do what you want to do, because at the end of the day, you're the only one you have to look in the mirror and be happy with. You know, you can't just do something to please others. If you're happy with what you do at the end of the day and you're making the music that you like, then mission accomplished. Yeah. So just believe in yourself and stay true to your convictions. So. Mm -hmm. Mike, come on, Mike. Oh, I've been on the show. I've answered it before. Yes, but I always, I always say, "Run away, don't do it." But <laughs> <laughs> I figured that would be your answer. Don't do it. Become you'll an accountant, an attorney. Have, you'll have to explain the credit card bills to your wife. You don't want to do it. Just don't. <laughs> I mean, you can still do all the boring stuff nine to five, but do something you yeah. want to do when you clock out. Like seriously, we have so much limited time, and we don't yeah. get that back ever. So do it. All right, you guys. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, thank y'all for taking time out and driving all the way over to her house. I enjoyed meeting you with y'all and talking. Normally, we don't get to talk to this many people, so it's kind of fun to talk to multiple people with different personalities, even drummers sometimes. <laughs> um, you found another drummer who could talk and like a big <laughs> That was the Midnight Lounge crew. We want to thank you so much for joining us again for another episode of the Sound Pollution Podcast. Uh, we have some really cool updates. Brent, why don't you tell, tell them what we've been working on? We do. So we've been working on a Sound Pollution Podcast tour of Texas. And we have just finalized some dates. 
We have Don't. the we have the Carousel Lounge in Austin, and we have the the Black Sparrow venue in Taylor, Texas. So that's going to be really exciting. And then we will also be playing Rick Toberfest. So that's going to be it's going to be just a little cool little podcast tour. Um, taste. We're going to give you a little taste of what we've of the um, artists that have interviewed with us and are going to bless us with their presence. I mean, I'm excited. It doesn't sound like I'm excited because that's exhaustion, but I am actually really excited. It's going to be really exciting because all these people we've talked to, you can actually come and listen to and meet. Um, we're going to have the, the shows we have. Some are going to be acoustic. Some are going to be full band. So, you know, some of the bands that have played metal, maybe playing an acoustic set. So you'll get to hear what that sounds like. Um, anything could happen at this. We're going to be hanging out. You can come out and we'll just have a good hang. You know, we'll have a drink. You can come to our show, leave your baggage at the door, come on in. We'll play a few songs, listen to a little music, talk, and you can leave all that stuff behind because that's really what we're about. We, we're here for y'all guys. And um, we want to make y'all those guys' lives a little bit easier. And coming and see us and hanging out with us will definitely help that. It will not help with Rennell's anxiety because she has anxiety when it comes to people. But so when you see me acting really strange, um, it's, it's not the you. medication. It's no, it's not. It's the lack thereof. But it's yeah. going to be fun. And I'm excited. And we're going to keep it light. It will be somewhat structured just because we will have a limited amount of time. But um. We're trying to just put great artists together. We're going to have some people that are funny and we're going to have some people that are like really serious. And so it should be a mix of fun, but they're not serious, you know, like people they're serious about their music and their craft. And so you'll get to see some really good players and then you'll get to see people like me or actually me. Um, Cause I'll be playing a little bit too. So we're so excited to see y'all. So it's in October We'll be sending out more information and let us know if you have questions or if you want to participate, if you've been a podcast member or not a podcast member, but a podcast participant. We like participants. So uh, yeah, again, follow us on social media to get, um, we'll be updating you during the episodes, but just as things progress. Um, also a brief shout out real quick. Uh, we have um, two patrons at this point, and part of being a patron is that we should give you a shout out. So we want to give a shout out to Kathleen, and we want to give a shout out to Ivan. Um, and speaking of Ivan, yes. uh, Ivan of Minor Arc interviewed me for the Dark Stereo blog, and so go check that out. The link will be below. It'll be below. It'll be below in the description section. It was in the last one as well. Uh, they kind of do like the written version of what we do. Go give them some love. They're doing a uh, cool things for independent musicians. It, is it a magazine? Dark stereo magazine? Or? It's an online site. It's like an online site, but it reminds me of the old time magazines yeah. where you would go and you'd learn about new bands. And so he's interviewing indies like we are. And he's playing their music. It's it's a fun site. I like Ivan. I like Ivan a lot. I've been he's gonna include a sorry on his music release. Oh really? Yeah, he awesome. Uh, he listened to it and he goes he goes, Hey, I'm creating a compilation 
So he's going to be sorry on the compilation. So I kind of told him my stuff is like uh, Britney Spears compared to the stuff on that site. Because <laughs> those guys on that, if you like it's heavy very music, thorough. if you it's like heavy adept. music, that is the place to go. If you're looking for new heavy music, cutting edge stuff, that's where you want to go. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to Sound Pollution. Please make sure you like, follow, subscribe, and for the love of God, download. Download, download share. Download. Share, share, and download. If you want to become a Patreon, uh, that link is below. Uh, there's also links from our website. And, of course, you can look us up, and it'll it'll pull us up. We are Googleable. I have been wanting to see if we if I could go, hey, Alexa, Play the Sound Pollution podcast. Now, anybody who has an Alexa wants to stab me. No, it does. It does. It does? I did it. Yeah. Yay! I didn't know because I don't have one of those monsters in my house. No, I have Alexa. I have it on my phone, and then I also have it in my kitchen. That's dope. I didn't know. I knew we were Googleable when I saw how Googleable, like, we really aren't. If you type Sound Pollution podcast, number one. And I believe it's like iTunes. We're not number one on iTunes, but we, it will pull us up. Like there's not anybody before. Yeah. Well, you know, if this were a game where you put balls in holes, we would have filled all the holes. We filled all the holes. We are annoying. Balls in holes. We are annoying and, and, and we're proud of it. But yeah. And you know what? I'll, I'll record it and try to send it to you that'd be cool yeah it, you know what you should do is you should record it on your phone and make a video and just post it and then i'll share it okay i'll try to do that um but anyway now we're we're doing we're adding more to do's to our list because we have enough what brent calls action items to last us to fill the show yeah but yeah. we're not writing this down so <laughs> it could actually not happen it could not happen. You'll there's be listening. No per- you'll be listening to this next week and being like, "Oh shit, I got to do that." Uh, just no so proof. That, there's no proof. Yeah, because just so everybody knows, after I'm done editing, I don't fucking listen. Brent does. Poor Brent. <laughs> he does. What do you call it? Passive listening. Yeah. 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 I don't do that. Okay. So keep listening because we keep bringing it, even when the world would like us to stop. So. <laughs> I said it. I said it best. Charmingly annoying. All right, everybody. That's the end of the episode. Get out there and make, make some, some noise. noise.